Neglect from typical food advice. Welcome to the Find Your Food Voice podcast, hosted by me, Julie Duffy Dillon. I'm a registered dietitian with 20 years of experience partnering with folks just like you on their food peace journey. What have we learned? Well, cookie cutter approaches exclude too many people, and you don't need to be fixed. It's not you, it's not me, it's all of us. Only together, we can start a movement and fix diet culture, and we will. Let's begin with now. Hey there, welcome to episode 338 of Find Your Food Voice. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian, and I am excited for you to catch a chat with me and the rest of the Find Your Food Voice team. We have Colleen Bremner and Rachel Popic, and we all have been going through something um, and very big kind of transitions in our lives. This past summer, as a team, we had a theme. It was fuck around and find out. And before we could really discuss what was going on, we were surviving and trying to just get through the muck and the mess. So as we are kind of coming to a place where um, the dust is kind of settling, but we're still in the midst of a lot of change and transition, we wanted to share with you just like what's going on and especially normalize that nobody has their shit together. Even for folks who you think they do have their shit together, especially for the three of us, not so much. Um, And I think we are surviving and thriving. You know, we are getting through our changes in life. Um, in a way that works for us individually. And again, we wanted to share that with you and we hope that it helps you to maybe have some more strategies and to feel a little less alone during those hard times. So as I am transitioning into that part of the episode where we have this conversation, I wanted to share just a little bit of the content so you can decide whether or not it is a good listen for you. So we will be mentioning my divorce that is going on right now. Also um, sharing news of a pregnancy and also news of um, continued infertility with a mention of infertility treatments. So take care of yourself as you are going through your life in this moment, whether it has a transition or not you know, you know what's best for you. So we are going to get to this conversation with Colleen and Rachel and myself. But first, I wanted to fill you in a little bit about the Find Your Food Voice book, how it is going along. And as I'm telling you this, I don't even have an outline in front of me. So I'm like, oh my goodness, what am I going to share? Well, 
to be frank, I'm in a place where my transition um, with the divorce and also um, we lost a pet a few weeks ago where I have just found that I'm at kind of a writer's block or just like a speed bump. Um, I'm feeling like the words aren't flowing that they were. I'm about at 15,000 words. I don't even have the exact number to give you. And I hate that. I like giving you the exact number that I'm on. Um, But I have been working on chapter two and three kind of intermittently. And I have noticed, especially when our pet died, that I was just like, I was sitting at at the keyboard and just, it was harder to get words out. So I have given myself permission to take a step back and work on more like the outline and things like that, which um, for me takes a different type of bandwidth. But what I have been doing um, throughout this, if this book is news to you, hey, I'm writing a book. It's the Find Your Food Voice book. And as I'm writing it, you can join me. I'm actually writing the book live for free on TikTok. So you can join me on my TikTok live channel. Um, my handle is Food Voice RD. You can also join me when, um, and as I take breaks, so I, I write for 45 minutes and then I take a 15 minute break. During the break, if you are in my book community, you can also chat. And some people are using the time where I'm writing as co-working time. So maybe you work from home. Other folks are doing something called nesting time. And nesting time is this way of kind of cultivating space where you feel safer from diet culture and all the different types of systems that may be harming you in particular based on your identities. And so for many people, they need to journal or meditate or make a grocery list or eat a nourishing meal or have some fun food, whatever it may be. And um, during that nesting time, it's kind of like healing time. So I invite you to join me either on TikTok for free or for $5 a month, you can join the book community. I host it over on Circle and um, it's really fun. And I'll tell you, especially lately, because it's just been been feeling more like a slog, is um, having folks during break just to chat with about anything under the sun or what they're doing during their nesting time or the work that they're working on has been just so great. Um, I am really extroverted. So writing just by myself in my office is not something that kind of motivates me, but connecting with you is something that really energizes me. So I thank you in advance if you're able to support and join me during these nesting times. So with that all being said, we are going to take a quick sponsor break, but we'll be right back with my conversation with Colleen and Rachel as we talk about our current transitions. All right, team. Are you ready to start talking transitions? Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do this. And um, thank you, first of all, for being willing to share and to talk about this. Um, and Colleen, I'm going to pass the mic to you so you can kind of organize us. You are the organizer of thoughts. <laughs> so I thought you could be the best person for the mic for this. Yeah. So to give you listener an idea of kind of how this conversation came about, we started talking as a team about what we wanted this episode to be. And, uh, you know, with fall right around the corner, it's such a season of change and transition for lots of folks. And as we've all been in our own communities and in our own day to day, realizing that we all have 
a lot of transition happening in our lives right now, it just kind of felt like the right Mm -hmm. conversation to have for all of us. So uh, we thought, you know, we'd talk a little bit today about our team, uh, how our team is feeling about some of our different changes and transitions. Um, We also had this like fuck around and find out season as well, which we have really enjoyed. And uh, just talk about, share some personal stories as well of things that are going on uh, with transition with us and um, our experiences. And then maybe dive into a a few tools that might Mm -hmm. help us move through transition. So that'll be kind of the the vibe for our episode today and looking forward to to sharing all those things with you and maybe hearing about some of your own transitions in your life. Maybe you're also going through a transition and this is a transition season for you. So uh, I'm Colleen Bremner, for those of you who are listening for the first time. And I am kind of this like community like marketer slash social person. I I don't really have like an official title on our team, but I do a lot and um, I really enjoy getting to know all of you. That's kind of my favorite part of what I do. And during our season of Fuck Around and Find Out, I have been cultivating some diet culture dropout episodes and um, really trying to figure out what would be helpful for our uh, PCOS power community as well. So that's kind of been what what I've been doing this this last season. And uh, I'll pass it on over to Rachel. Hey, everyone. Um, This is Rachel. I am the PCOS power um, community manager, as well as just taking on the new role of um, managing the Find Your Food Voice podcast, um, which is a big transition for me because it is something I've never done before. Um, but our dear friend Yelly left me with so many good tips um, mm-hmm. and instructions that we are trying to make this transition smooth and flawless for you all. In the past little summer of fuck around and find out, I have really honestly been enjoying it, enjoying the quiet that it's brought. There's there's been less stress on deadlines and that's been something I'm really embracing and and taking the with the hot weather the desire to just move slower and and be slower and quieter and so yeah that's where I'm at love it awesome. love it what about you Julie so I completely forgot about our phrase fuck around and find out but I don't know why I forgot because ugh, that has been my life <laughs> And as I start to talk about what I was doing in the fuck around and find out, it's prim- pretty much going to go into like some self-disclosure example of transitions um, because part of the fuck around and find out, the reason why as a team, it was kind of our, our tagline, our motto for summer of 2023 is I hadn't told the team yet, but I knew in June that I would be um, start to the steps to get a divorce. Like I would be separating and um, in the state of North Carolina, you have to separate for a year and you have to like not live in the same house or same, you know, residence. So it had to have this official side to it. And I also like didn't want to tell anybody else before we told our kids, um, you know, the world is small. And so um, I kind of knew that the summer was going to have this big shift, but I couldn't tell anybody why yet. And so I remember telling you all like, I'm just going to need a really like soft place to land this June. 
<laughs> like, yeah. um, and you all were really cool. You're like, okay. But then as I told you, yeah, then that somehow, I don't know who said it, but yeah, it was kind of like, we're just going to fuck around and find out what happens because I wanted for me to do a lot of nothing. Like I, and I didn't know what that was going to include. Cause I, I mean, it, I was going to have permission to have nothing happen, but also I didn't know. I never been through a divorce before. I didn't know what was going to like what I was going to need. So I wanted to just have space to do that. Um, but also kind of hold down everything. Um, you know, just the, the operations we needed to do that, but also not start new projects and, and things like that. So yeah, that was this summer for me was a whole lot of like things that we'll talk about later, but like a lot of rest and space to figure out what I was going to need. So, so yeah, that was summer of 2023 is definitely going to go down in the history books as a summer. (laughs) (laughs) I did see Taylor Swift this summer summer too. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it was, um, era's tour. I, Colleen and I both went to different cities, but went to the era's tour. So, you know, we had some experience with that kind of shift, but, um, but yeah, that was the summer. So yeah, so you may have listened to one of our mini-sodes this summer. Yes. So now you know, you know, we were still working just in a different way. <laughs> and, um, you know, we we kind of decided jumping into this episode, we were going to share some personal experiences. Mm-hmm. So thank you for sharing that, Julie, and, and being vulnerable with us and with you, listener. Um, Rachel, did you want to share your experience? Yeah, so um, the... I. It was interesting as we were preparing for this episode and I was thinking about transitions that I've been through recently and kind of it it struck me that I felt like I haven't really like been through a transition because I I often think of transitions as these like almost like acute one-off events Mm -hmm. rather than like prolonged experiences. And Mm -hmm. so it, it took some some time to kind of process, um, you know, something that I'm pretty pretty vocal about and pretty open about. I've been going through infertility um, treatments for about two years now. And, you know, it was something I knew was coming for a long time before we entered into that phase. And granted, I didn't know it was going to last this long, but mm-hmm. it was something that I was prepared for and like knew about, you know, had done a ton of research about like physical and emotional side effects and kind of thought I had an, a grasp and an understanding of um, how it was going to impact me. But in reflecting, I kind of realized that something that I, I didn't would have never occurred to me at the beginning of this journey was that the hardest part of this journey is this feeling of that I've just been in, in this like too long transition period, you know, in transition mm-hmm. periods, it's hard to, it's hard to like plan for the future. It's hard to like, you know, make big changes. It's hard to, you know, make big decisions, things like that. And I feel like I've kind of been stuck in that limbo space for two years. And so mm-hmm. on the surface, I was like, wow, I like haven't really been through any major transitions, but I think that the underlying reason of that is a transition in and of itself. Um, and 
it's something that 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 idea of being going through fertility treatments and really not being able to plan for like you know like more than a month or two in advance because you're mm-hmm. constantly thinking like okay well what if I need to do an, an egg retrieval at that time? Or what if, mm-hmm. you know, I can't plan that vacation because what if I'm lucky and I'm actually eight months pregnant and can't travel or, mm-hmm. you know, all of those things that like prevent you from planning for things. And I, for those of you who know me, I am a very type A planner. Like I love organization. I love knowing what's coming. I love being able to plan five years in advance. And so this journey has been one of really challenging those, those um, defaults in me. Yeah. You have to plan for like so many different time periods at the Mm -hmm. same time and so many different variables. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That sounds exhausting. Amongst many other things. Yeah. Hmm. Well, thanks for letting us know about that and sharing it with the listener too. Of course. And I hope that it brings, you know, I I know that I'm not the only one who kind of, especially in that like frustration of not being able to like plan and and look forward to the, the future. I know that that's a pretty common feeling for those going through, Mm -hmm. um, fertility treatments. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of folks with PCOS have to go through fertility treatments. And mm-hmm. so um, hoping that by sharing that, uh, it, it kind of helps to validate other people who might be going through similar experiences. Yeah. And even how you, it sounded like, don't, tell me if this is the wrong word, but like, it sounded like you almost kind of minimized the transition in itself because you're yes. like, it's not like you're so in it and close to it. It's probably hard to even name it as a transition. Yeah, it's total. It's hard to zoom out and like look at it in that way because it's such a long, prolonged slog. Yeah, yeah, total slog. Oh, well, Colleen, tell us about your transition. Yes, so um, I wanted to share this uh, in in a way that felt comfortable for me on this podcast and with my dear friend Rachel here and with Julie, it seems like the right time to share it with all of you. I am currently 19 weeks pregnant and (laughs) thank you. Very, very excited. And it's a huge season of transition for me as an individual person, uh, as a woman, and also as a a partner to, to someone else as we start to think about what this experience means for us. And, um, a lot of what I heard, you know, with what Julie shared and with what Rachel shared, I think the underlying tone for all of us, and correct me if I'm wrong here, is just with transition comes this uncertainty. And um, it feels unsettling to be in a space of uncertainty. And I was sharing with Rachel before we got on today that um, I, I just did a childbirth experience class this weekend. And I was so grateful to have gone through this class because I just had no idea what was coming. Like come, you know, labor and delivery and come, you know, we hear about all the changes that a body might go through. And we hear we hear about all these different things, but the actual just event of delivery, honestly, I've, I've been terrified <laughs> to even think about. So mm-hmm. um, I think in just, you know, 
getting some more information and being able to talk openly about my fears and about like what might come, I think has just been really helpful. So, um, yeah, big season of transition for, for me and, and for my partner. And, um, you know, we all kind of touched on a little bit of what we need in a season of transition, but I'd love to kind of just dive into that a little bit more. You know, I, I think that I'll start and then I'll, I'll pass it on over to you, Julie. But I think for me, my like number one thing that I need is like this pretty deep support system. Um, and that can look like just the just words of affirmation from myself sometimes um, that can look like, you know, being able to share openly with my partner and just sharing and telling him, I don't want any like suggestions. I don't want you to solve this. I just want you to listen. And that can be really helpful. Um, And then reaching out to like friends and loved ones when I'm feeling uncertain or feeling anxiety about what's coming next. Um, So I think for me, those are kind of how I personally have been coping with like my own transition. And every day is obviously different, right? Like I'm not waking up every day like, here's what I need in transition. Like that's not how it goes. (laughs) I have a lot of days when I'm like, fuck, I don't know what to do. Um, And I think that's cool too. So yeah, Julie. (laughs) Yes. I, I'm like, oh, I can relate to all of those. I mentioned rest earlier, but you know, the thing that I've noticed um, that I've need, needed even like over like micro transitions, you know, I feel like divorce is probably a macro. <laughs> so if, like, considering all of my experiences with micro transitions, um, I've always needed space to feel. I'm a big feeler. Um, I remember one of my, one of my first therapists, she's, she really validated my like processing, which has helped me in transitions now. Just like, she's like, I don't think you think in words or pictures, you think in feelings. And I was like, yes, that is me. No wonder I have such a hard time articulating (laughs) at times. But so I was like, okay, this is going to be a macro transition. I need, and you know, I have lots of things going on, lots of balls that I'm always juggling. So I was like, I literally need to schedule time just to like have space to, to feel all the feelings. And then something that was different that I realized I needed um, as I was preparing for this transition that was new for me. And this may be surprising. I don't know if it'll be surprising to you all. Maybe it will. And maybe surprising for the listener too. But um, for all the other transitions that I've been through, I feel like I did them pretty independently. Um, I relied a little bit on people, but not a lot. And that's probably something that's just evolved because of like lots of different variables that I've just been really self-sufficient. And during COVID, I became really good friends with some local folks. Like I've always had lots of friends that lived in other places that I, you know, got to know in college and, and uh, colleagues that are friends. But this was this like different group that started to form during COVID. And we all kind of live within a block or two of each other. And we call ourselves the Alliance because we like, as like things were starting to like, just explode with our president at the time and, and COVID all that. We're like, well, if we needed to go live somewhere on a commune, we would decided we would have an Alliance together. And we all were so different. (laughs) Um, we all had these different roles, like one's a teacher, one was a nanny, one's um, a contractor, 
Um, like we have all these different skill sets and we're like, we would be totally self-sufficient. So anyway, as I was getting to know this group of people, um, I realized that I had more support than I thought. And so a few of them I felt even more connected to. So I let them know about it beforehand. And I was really surprised. I was like, why didn't I like rely more on people in the past? Like this has really helped to make it a transition to that. I definitely don't feel alone. Like I feel like supported. Um, we had a baby possum get in the house. Doug brought a baby possum in the house. <laughs> and normally that was something I would have the male partner to go get out of the house, but he was not here. So I was like texting the Alliance. One of my Alliance members has all the equipment to get rid of a baby possum. It was quite the ordeal, but I also like, I just changed my, like, um, my uh, garbage disposal myself, but I had someone from the Alliance come help me. Like, I was like, I can do these things. I can manage my life. I can, because I have this like wonderful group. It's like eight other people who have supported me. So that's the other thing that I think um, has really helped with this macro transition. So the Alliance, always grateful. So Rachel, how about you? Yeah, Julia, that totally resonates with me as as someone else who tends to, to process things and to go at things independently. I feel like having the experience of, of, someone or a group of people like kind of forcing you to see the, the the community and how helpful community can be like really makes a difference. So I, I totally resonate with that. Um, something else that I think for me personally is really important um, when it comes to going through transition periods and especially this kind of current long transition that I'm going through is I am, I am, traditionally such a people pleaser and I am a, I am a yes person. I am always the first person who's willing to like help a friend offer support. And through this process, I've kind of realized that I have less to give these days. And, but because I am, my, my default is to, to say yes practicing boundaries and and learning how to say no and and really kind of protecting my peace and my space has become so so important and you know boundary work is something i've been working on for many 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 years in therapy um and has always been an important thing but through periods of transition i'm i'm realizing how much more important being able to put up boundaries is um and so i'm very grateful that I, I started that work a long time ago and it's really coming in handy now. Yeah. Like sometimes some of these things, it's good to have them already practiced yeah. if you can before you need yes. them. I think uh, hearing both of you speak about what's helpful, something that we talked about, but you know, maybe inadvertently is it helps to identify what those helpful things are for you. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. what do you recognize in the moment as being, you know, something that's unsettling your nervous system maybe a little bit or, you know, we're 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 giving tools but I think that also just identifying like when do when do I Colleen notice 
that I am feeling unsettled or I'm feeling uncertain about things. Um, and what, what do I do kind of next? You know, I'm, I'm a type two Enneagram. Julie and I have talked so much (laughs) about like the Enneagram because we both love it. Um, and something I notice within myself is like, I shut down, I stop reaching out to friends and stop communicating. And, um, because I don't want to a be anyone's burden and Mm. b I'm normally the one that's offering like support Mm -hmm. or help. So to ask for it, it's a whole different ball game. And, um, I think that, you know, that's when I recognize like, oh, I haven't talked to any of my friends in a long time. I've kind of ghosted everybody because I'm not feeling good. Mm. And I think it's also helpful to like identify what those things are for you. They might, I'm sure they look different for you, Julie, and you, Rachel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, asking for help too. That's something that even just like how to do that, I think can be paralyzing. I know it can be for me. Yeah. Um, it sounds like Rachel, you and I kind of have a similar like independent streak. Yeah, um, I, I can totally resonate with the people pleasing. I think especially those of us socialized as women were like kind of conditioned to be people pleasers. And then like Colleen is a two. I mean, you're going to win. You're going to be the people pleaser. <laughs> you're bringing the casseroles <laughs> and things like, you know, you're organizing the meal train. Um, and yeah, learning how to ask, I think has, um, I don't know, at 48, I feel like in the last 10 years, at at 38, it was a lot harder than it is now. Um, But I remember kind of getting trapped in kind of a people-pleasing mode. Like I felt bad when I didn't tell some people about this divorce because, you know, people I was really close to, they didn't know. But again, I just felt weird talking about it before my kids knew and before like my family knew. And so I... I told a few people who had been through a divorce, I kind of felt safe telling them to, to also like, you know, be hush hush about it. And uh, the, uh, I remember one of them said, like I told them, I was like, I feel so bad that I am not telling this group that I'm really close to. And she was like, this is your timeline. There's like no wrong way to like let people know about this. She's like, you could tell no one ever. And that's still the right thing. Like you don't have to like have this like, it's, it's, it's up to you. And that is a, a big theme that I've heard in this process. Like, Hey, it's up to you what you want. Um, which I'm like, okay, that is new. <laughs> like what in individually, what I want. Um, and so I have had to flex that muscle, I guess, like that metaphor of like practicing asking for help. And, um, yeah, after like three or four people, it started to be a little bit easier. Um, like I can remember practicing on a few people that I felt safer with. And then now like telling my kid's teacher, you know, like people who I don't know very well, but they need to know because of like, you know, what may happen in class. And, um, I wish that was normalized that it's okay that it's stressful and that you could decide when, if at all to tell people and, you know, there's no right or wrong. So I kind of went off on a tangent, but those were, that's kind of what was coming up for me. Anything coming up for you, Rachel? Something that Julie said, that I I'm kind of I'm thinking through is that it's been really helpful for me to as I'm practicing asking for help because I I'm not one to to do that kind of reflecting on and remembering how good it feels when other people ask for my help and how much like mm. joy I get out of helping others 
and recognizing that like, well, I can't be the only one who like gets joy out of helping. And so therefore like me asking for help isn't a burden and people aren't going to see it as a burden. Mm -hmm. But like, I have to like remind myself of that. Any, before I ask anyone for help ever, because my default is to like see that asking for help is is a burden. Yeah, like Julie said, it is it's a it's a muscle that needs to be flexed because mm-hmm. it's not always yeah. easy. It's not. Well, that's yeah. where like the Enneagram will be helpful because whoever's a two, they're gonna love. Like that's like totally I could see you shine and have so much joy calling whenever like you're like when we ask help and you're like, Yep, yeah, let me do it. I, that's awesome. And What's with the burden thing? I feel like that is, I say that as like me too, like why do we have this belief that we internalize about like needing help is this horrible thing or like that we're a burden or that a burden is bad, you know, like, cause we're all going to need something. And if we live long enough, if we're lucky to live long enough, we're going to need help. Like all those things, like that's just like the human experience. And I'm kind of like asking this rhetorical question, but like, what the fuck? Why, why did this evolve? I'm, I probably have the answer already, but you know, it's those big systems that are, are part of diet culture too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think too, in, in asking for help when I you know, sometimes I, I throw out the question like, well, what do you need in this moment? Or, Mm -hmm. um, or sometimes I won't even ask what someone needs depending on, you know, if they're like, I don't know, because Mm -hmm. that's okay too. You don't know what you need. Like, I don't know what I need 50% of the time. So that's a fine response to me. I think like the next response can be even more impactful sometimes than even the question of like, what do you need in that? Like, just hearing someone say, hey, I'm here for you for mm-hmm. anything you need. Mm-hmm. Or like, um, you know what? I'm going to shoot so-and-so a $5, $10 coffee thing mm-hmm. on Venmo and just be like thinking about you. Because mm-hmm. that is something that like I think about. And I'm like, even if I knew people were just thinking about me, that I'm not alone yeah. in this situation, mm-hmm. sometimes that's enough to like get me to the next day. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you all feel similarly about that, but. Absolutely. And I, th- I think that's something that, um, Colleen, you just said, like asking that, that question of people, like, what do you need in this moment? I've realized how important, like being asked that like kind of narrow specific question is because that like checking in, like, how are you doing? Like, what can I do for you? those like kind Mm -hmm. of general questions feel so overwhelming to answer. Like my, I'm just going to be like, fine. Like I'm, I don't know. It's, it's so hard to answer those questions. But when people I've found that when people, a just like check in, just, you know, sending you warm wishes, I'm thinking about you or Mm -hmm. asking that way more specific, like, what are you feeling right now? What can I do for you right now? Those questions are easier to answer and it's mm-hmm. it's an easier way for me to receive help than than kind of yeah. the Yeah. Yeah, you know the 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 theme that I think all three of us mentioned with transitions is how it can be so overwhelming and mm-hmm. um maybe even paralyzing. Um, especially for like you, Rachel, like the duration is so long, like it can just, mm-hmm. 
be plumb out, you know, <laughs> of any kind of ways of like knowing. Um, and so, yeah, like those really open-ended questions can be just, it can be hard to answer. And I, um, I'm thinking about too, like, there's like this moment, I don't know if you all have it too, but like, when someone asks you, how are you? Like, do you have a moment where you're like, do I want to really say, yeah, or am yeah. I just going to be oh, like, fine? Oh, yeah. Cause it's like, part For of sure. it is, part of it is like judging the person who's asking, you know, do they yeah. really want to know? Um, and then also like, do I really want to talk about it right now? Like while I'm picking my kids up at school, do I really want to go into this right now and have a boohoo? Uh, no. <laughs> and so I'm fine. <laughs> Um, yeah. And you know, something else I'm thinking about too. Um, and I don't know if this kind of, we, so we have a kind of a loose outline Colleen. So tell me if I'm going in the wrong direction, but I'm, I'm thinking about like even more like sharing. Um, and we already kind of have started this, but like how have people like given support that felt really aligned and like, you know, what are the words they used? And I think for a listener, um, pregnancy, infertility, divorce, like those are like big huge whammies of things. And yeah, I, yeah. Um, besides death, like that would probably just be the fourth one to add. Like there's, there's like so many like, oh shit, I don't want to say the wrong thing. And so yeah. um, maybe even hearing more of like, what have people said that has felt like really um, helpful to you? And one thing that um, I've built upon in the past is I remember I had a friend her name um, is Katrina. And um, I was, I think I was, I had just given birth and I was um, either on the way home from the hospital or maybe I was home from the hospital for like two or three days. So like it was super new and everyone was asking me, what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? I don't need anything. I don't know. I'm like, I don't know how to answer that. You know, I'm like, I haven't slept. My boobs look like minced meat. Like it was just like, I got, I don't know what's going on. So, um, so Katrina texted I'm at Target. What do you need? That's all she said. And I was like, oh, I can answer that. I need toothpaste. I need some more pads. I just didn't know how many pads I was going to need. And um, so she brought it, dropped it off at my house. She's like, I'll leave it on your porch. So I didn't have to be ready for someone to come over. Like it was just, and I've used that ever since. Like whenever I'm at Target, anybody in my life (laughs) can be, um, just, I don't know, not able to get anything in that moment. I'm like, Hey, I'm here. And, uh, and as a person who's like offering help, I more often get an answer of like something specific instead of I'm fine, you know? Um, and to me, I don't know if it is for everybody, everybody else, but for me, it just is an easier question to answer and it feels less burdensome because they're already there, Mm -hmm. you know? So yeah, what I'm curious, um, Rachel or Colleen, do you have anything that people have said that you're like, yes, this is, this really is helpful to hear. I think that something that has been helpful really recently is hearing from folks that are well-established in my life that like they're there for me. Again, like for me, it's that reassurance that like they're not going anywhere Mm -hmm. Um, when this transition happens or like as it happens, they're there. Um, It's that like, I think that twos have this fear of, Um, being unloved, unwanted, or not needed. And so just hearing like, hey, we're going to be here through all of this. It's going to be really tough. Like you're going to have really shit days. But like at the end of that day, we're going to be here is just really, really like impactful for me. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't even, like I said, it doesn't even need to be like a physical thing or an action or anything like that. Just the words of affirmation that like, hey, we're here and we're your community and we're not going anywhere is like mm-hmm. fire for me. Yeah. Um, and then in giving and providing support, I tend to serve with food. Um, I tend to That's send a meal <laughs> or a coffee or um, something that I know because I know y- you're going to need to eat regardless mm-hmm. of how you're feeling in this moment. At some yep. point, you're going to need to eat. Um, and so I like to send, you know, like a Grubhub or a DoorDash gift card or something for those tough times so that they know like not only am I thinking about you, but I want you to like nourish yourself, take yes. care of yourself. yes. Love that. 100% with you on that. Big, big fan of a meal drop. It's my (laughs) favorite thing to do for people. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. Especially um, on Find Your Food Voice. We love hearing, you know, how food can be helpful. (laughs) Yeah. So I think, honestly, that, that was such a great spot to wrap up our conversation. I think the one thing that we also talked about, you know, in preparation for this episode today was just being okay, like normalizing, not having your shit together. Um, You know, we talked about this fuck around and find out season and like, we all really embraced it. And as we were talking about, you know, preparation for this episode, we were like, you know what, let's just all normalize not having our shit together. Like, (laughs) it's okay. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's so lovely to hear from people who I think have their shit together and just like a teeny peek behind the curtain and be like, Oh no, they drop, they drop shit too. Um, so, so yeah, I hope for you, the listener, that's something that you got from this too, that like transitions are hard, um, whether big, small in the middle, you know, whatever, um, wherever you are, it's like messy and, um, there's no right or wrong way. And you still need to eat during them. You know, know, and actually, um, I will even tag on because I just was thinking about this before is um, during some of my period of transition, especially as I was like waiting to tell people um, there was a good like six month period before people knew. I remember just mechanically needing to eat, like just being like, I'm not even hungry, but I know it is time to eat. And so, um, yeah, no matter your transition, remember especially since I'm a dietitian, remember you need nourishment, including food. (laughs) So, oh, I'm so glad that you two were willing to sit down with me and have this chat. So thank you so much. And um, we'll put um, in the show notes links for you to follow Colleen and Rachel on their socials and anything else before we sign off for today. You guys good? Nothing from me. This was, this was wonderful. I feel, I feel like, supported even just from this conversation. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Rachel and Colleen as we unpacked all the transitions. You know, after this conversation, I felt just so much lighter, like just having the place to talk about it with the two of them helped me feel better. (laughs) So I hope by listening, it helped you to unpack what you needed to unpack as well and gave you some new next steps or just helped you to feel a little less alone as you're going through whatever messy middle that you're in right now. And um, it is time for me to take off for this episode, but I will be back next week with a listener letter. And if you have not sent in your Dear Food letter, 
please know we really need your letter. We are needing more um, letters to include the podcast. So you can send that over to us at info at juliedillonrd.com. You can also submit it via our website. There is on the contact form, or you can click the link in the show notes right now that sends you over to a Google form. We have many different ways, whatever is easier for you. We would love, love, love to have your dear food letter to maybe include it in a future episode. All right. So I will see you next week until next time. Take care. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is the Find Your Food Voice podcast. Ready to join the anti-diet movement and take the Food Voice pledge? Go to julieduffydillon.com and sign your name to the growing list of people saying no to diets and yes to their own food voice. The Find Your Food Voice podcast is produced by me, Julie Duffy Dillon, and my team of kick-ass folks. I couldn't make the show without Yelly Cruz, assistant producer and resident book fiend, and Colleen Brebner, customer service coordinator and professional hype master. Audio editing is from Toby Lyles at 24 Sound. Music is Fly Free by Hartley. Are you looking for episode transcripts? Get them at julieduffydillon.com, where you can also submit letters for the podcast, give us feedback, and sign the Food Voice Pledge. We need your voice to end diet culture. We literally can't do this without you. Subscribe to the Find Your Food Voice podcast to get weekly inspiration and education on how we can defeat diet culture and reclaim our own food voice. I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Find Your Food Voice podcast. Take care.